I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to AI Named This Show. I'm Tasia Custodi. And I'm Tristan Jutra. And we're your human hosts. On this week's episode, we've got a bunch of AI news, including some unfortunate high-profile deepfakes, before we shine a light on the latest AI developments from Google, my favorite. And oi to our listeners in Portugal. Are we sure oi. it's not Ireland? <laughs> or Israel? It's Different oi. 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 So hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I love how some kind of, like there's a lot of languages that share common ways. Like how many how many different places say hi? Like even if they spell it differently, it's hi. Now we've got there's a few places. With I'm going to go too. on the record and say majority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a linguist, obviously, <laughs> as given with our intros every show. OK, Tristan, I need to kick us off with a little bit of follow up from last week because we've got some exciting developments to talk about. Hit me. OK. Pixel feature drop. This is very exciting. So remember last week you asked me, do you have Circle to Search? Because we were talking about uh, Samsung. They released their Galaxy S24 with a Circle to Search feature. And I said, you know, I'm supposed to have that on my Pixel and it's not working for me and I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And maybe it's a user error. (laughs) And I said, I swear I'm up to date. Well, I was right and wrong. So what I had been seeing online was a bunch of people, very smart people, making kind of workaround hacks to be able to do it on their Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro. And I don't really do a lot of those workaround hacks, hence why I couldn't do it. Pixel has officially announced it's dropping on the 31st of January. We are going to get Circle to Search, which I'm very excited about. So essentially, you'll be able to like long press on the Google logo or the little bar on the bottom. And then you can circle anything on your screen. And Google Lens-ish type tech will pull up that or similar. So say you're like, what's that blouse that person's wearing? Pretty freaking awesome. But that's not all, Tristan. Because while I'm telling you about these Pixel feature drops, do you remember my Pixel 8 Pro that I've got? It has this temperature sensor. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And remember, everybody was like, why? But why? And my very first thing was <gasps> the implications of this. I'm so excited. Google, when this was released, they were already talking to the government that be about getting clearance for, you know, there's certain clearance measures for health devices. You know where I'm going with this. To make sure your ramen is cooked properly? In the Pixel feature drop, you will officially be able to take 
your body temperature. Yes. There you go. So this is what I had been waiting for. And I'm actually shocked that it's happened this soon after the release of the device. So that's pretty cool. So I just think that's great because now I don't need to like wash the thermometer after brett uses it and then i use it and then in, and you're just kind of like mm, is this washed right how many like when we get how, sick how and we take our temperatures okay, okay like, i should have really this prefaced this this is a mouth thermometer i'm talking about i just so you put to... the phone in your mouth <laughs> no so, so what confused. you'll do what you'll do with the pixel you'll put it to your temple or your forehead oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, and that'll read your temperature or somebody else's obviously put it to their temple or their forehead. So that is also going to be dropping. That's just for Pixel 8 Pro because that's what's got the the temperature sensor, by the way. So it's like, I freaking knew it. I knew that's where they were going with it. I'm very, very excited. Um, they're also going to get photo emoji. So basically like what we've been doing with Apple where you can tap and hold and like isolate a subject from an image so like you know with your pets and stuff and then you could like drag and paste that over into your messages if you wanted um using magic, the magic of ai of course keeping it on you know topic of course magic compose is coming to google messages so this is uh on pixel 8 pro it'll be on device processing on other google devices i believe they're using the cloud um but this is really really cool because when you write your messages in the messages app to people it will give you smart suggestions so much like we're used to if there's any other google ecosystem users out there and you're used to kind of like smart compose and gmail and these you know we have 17 different names for everything with google mm-hmm. kind of the same idea there um, and then they're also dropping an audio switch on pixel watch so you'll be able to toggle and switch audio between like your pixel buds and your pixel watch so lots of exciting Little AI drops coming in, oh my gosh, like a week? Ah, not even. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I will report back once I test all of these out for you. So uh, come the 31st, start refreshing your system, your software update page on your Android phone, and hopefully it'll show up for you. Get those fancy new features, but only on the Pixel 8 Pro, correct? Uh, well, Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro, and then other Pixel devices are going to get some things like the Magic Compose, right. but it won't be on-device processing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Correct. Gotcha. Yes. Well, we have another little bit of a follow-up for you this week as well. And back in episode 10, all the way back, how many episodes ago was that? Woof. This is a deep cut, everybody, <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us. <laughs> we talked about a new tool called Nightshade. Back in episode 10, which allows artists to, quote unquote, poison AI models that train on artists' work without their consent. Well, Nightshade, latest news, now has a ver- is hit version 1.0 and is now available for artists to actually use. So it works by altering the images at the pixel level to make them appear differently to AI than to human eyes, so that if it's scraped into an AI uh, training set, it can cause the resulting model to break in chaotic and unpredictable ways. The idea being that so the AIs cannot actually recognize what it is they're 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 ingesting. They might think uh, one type of animal is another type of animal. For you know, just with all the voodoo that it applies invisibly to humans, but visible to the AIs to these image images. So of course, this by poisoning the training data, it could damage future iterations of image generating AI models such as Dali, Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, and so on by rendering some of their outputs useless. Mm-hmm. Dogs become cats. 
cars become cows and so on. So yeah, that's not a, a, you know, a great, we, we, we talked about this in, 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 in greater depth, but now these tools are going to be getting into the public's hands. And either the intentions are noble, I suppose, to protect the artist's rights and deter AI model trainers from scraping data from the web without authorization or licensing agreements. Again, other topics that we've delved into in the past. Go back and check our uh, back episodes, folks. These tools only work on images that have not been scraped yet, and they may face ethical and legal objections from, say, some AI model makers and users. I mean, there's, I think one of the things about these era of AI, the lawyers are going to get rich, as they mm -hmm. usually do. But you can't go back in time. If your stuff's already been scraped, too late. So this only applies to stuff going forward. Now, the idea is that um, used responsibly, Nightshade can help deter model trainers who disregard copyrights. Again, the whole idea of copyright in this context is up in the air still because there is a thing called fair use, just so we're clear. Input is different than output. Opt-out lists and do not scrape slash robots.txt directives. Another thing we've talked about is how you know, there some, some websites could put uh, robots.txt style files uh, in their home directories to dissuade or discourage the bots from scraping, just like that you can do for Google and other search engines. The question is not everyone's necessarily going to uh, pay attention to those directions. It's, it's optional. The web is open, ultimately. Um, but by using a tool like this, it does not rely on the kindness of model trainers, but instead associates a small incremental price on each piece of data scraped and trained without authorization, again, by muddying the waters, poisoning the well, what have you. So, I mean, in short, basically, they want to make the widespread, widespread data scraping more costly to the AI model makers and make them think twice about doing it, and thereby have them consider pursuing licensing agreements with human artists as a more viable alternative similar to what we talked about with the New York Times, for example. So it's not just artists in the visual sense, but also in the written sense as well. But Nightshade is about visual art itself. So the, the plot thickens, the tools are in the hands of the civvies now. But speaking of generative AI, Tasia, there's, uh, it can be used for, uh, for, for evil too. We got lots of splaining to do. <laughs> I. We should have prefaced this episode by saying, listen, everything that <laughs> could it, have happened, listen, listen. Yeah. Yeah. that's our, that's the motto of this show. <laughs> yeah. Listen, everything that could, I feel like everything that could happen this week has happened. There's so much news we had to sift through. So there's just absolutely no way we can cover everything in one episode. You already know we are talkers. We go long all the time. Every time Tristan and I say, we're going to keep this tight. We're going to keep this short. It's like an hour later. We don't even know what we're blabbing about at that point. And Listen. we're making it longer by saying just that. <laughs> but this is, this is why I say to everybody, we had to cut some things, but we've tried to streamline this into... Not fear-mongering, but be some of the most important kind of... We even... Tasia even cut her nunk, if you can believe it. We might I, have to talk about her nunk next week. I cut my nunk completely out of this show for you, the listener. This is what I do listen, for you. Listen the to previous episodes to find out who that is. And find out what, what we mean by nunk. <laughs> okay, so... In some very serious and concerning news, it's very much happening already, Tristan... <sighs> New Hampshire officials are investigating AI robocalls mimicking President Biden. Mm -hmm. So we 
we surmised a lot that we were going to have issues this wonderful election season. Fun year. (laughs) And it is, it has begun. We are knee deep in it, as some would say. So over this weekend, voters in New Hampshire received robocalls featuring a voice that was most likely artificially generated to impersonate President Biden's voice. And you may say, well, well, what did this voice say, Tasia? And let me tell you, Tristan, it urged voters not to vote in Tuesday's primary election. <laughs> I mean, they said they said, save it, save it for the general election. Like, that's they not literally how did. Work. This is what it said. It said, quote, your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. That's part of what the message was. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. So they were obviously manipulated these calls to seem as if they had been sent by an officer of a Democratic committee. So here's kind of the little scoop for you. It it was actually Kathleen Sullivan. She's a former chairwoman of the state Democratic Party who initially raised these concerns to officials about the robocalls. So in her complaint, she said that recipients of these unauthorized robocalls saw her husband's name in their caller ID, and then they were given her personal cell number to call to request removal from the call list. Mm -hmm. So she's getting these calls. And she's thinking, what call list? Like, what? What do you mean my husband's number? So they're spoofing those numbers, too. Yes. Wow. So the attorney general's office stressed that obviously voting in a primary would not rule out any votes from also being cast and ballots being cast in the general election in November. And they also said in a statement, quote, these messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message entirely. So as we know, we've talked about a lot, state lawmakers are honestly scrambling to try to make bills and regulate political content produced by artificial intelligence. And obviously, like we have said a million times, we're beating a dead horse over here, but they, they're not, they can't get ahead of it. Before, I mean, the genie's out of the bottle. What was that? Episode one or two, we talked about that. So they unfortunately can't get ahead of this. And this is just one of what I think are going to be many, Tristan, in a long line. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to hide. We talked about this in another episode. I would just like to go away for a little while, come back after it's all done. (laughs) And if, I mean, if these things are done right, you know, and they are able to hide their tracks, ultimately you could see that there was a number of potential parties that might have an interest in, in, in doing it. A lot of people would probably just assume, oh, well, it's the opposite party. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's other candidates in you know, in the Democrats, whether it's Dean Phillips or whoever, like it's, or it could be like a foreign entity just trying to cause disruption and havoc and make Biden look weak, et cetera, et cetera, by having fewer votes. So you don't even know. And that's the thing is like, because the internet is a thing and people can hide their tracks to a certain extent, who, who knows who's actually doing this? And that's what makes it terrifying. Uh, and kind of exciting because I'm sure you'll get all sorts of internet sleuths on the case as as well. But this is just the beginning. Tip of the iceberg. And unfortunately, Tristan, that's not all the deep fake news we have. 
It's not just about politics. Uh, I mean, it sometimes hits people who used to talk about politics in their comedy. Uh, George Carlin, in this case, long mm. gone, but his daughter and keeper of his estate, Kelly Carlin, is speaking with lawyers over a new AI-generated special titled, I'm Glad I'm Dead. Mm. Kind of sounds like something George Carlin might say, quite frankly. Um, but this special uh, was the brainchild of Dudesy, which is uh, a show from Will Sasso, formerly of Mad TV, and Chad... Kultkin, who I'm not familiar with, Me. but um, apparently it was uploaded to YouTube a couple of weeks ago and it's gotten uh, over or sorry, almost half a million views. And it starts with a disclaimer that what you're about to hear is not George Carlin, claiming it's just an impersonation like Will Ferrell impersonating George W. Bush. But George's daughter, yeah. Kelly, uh, begs two different. Yeah, differ. it's obviously <clears throat> not the same thing. Right, especially, like, I mean, that's best makeup ever, right? Now, sure, they've got the disclaimer there, but what invariably happens online is there's a little something called shorts or reels or TikTok. This stuff gets sliced and diced and posted all over the place, most likely without the disclaimer. And it's already been posted. When I checked these updated numbers on YouTube, that video was obviously the top, but then Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of videos underneath that they've just ripped that video and other channels have put that a copy of that ripped video YouTube. out. Yeah, welcome Let's to YouTube. Let's turn on monetization on someone exactly. else's on someone else's work of someone else's work of someone else's style. Like it's just Which isn't even his work. It's turtles all the way down. Uh, it's Carlin's all the way down. It's so sad. show title. Um so of course, there's worries about producers using AI to resurrect dead actors and celebrities for future projects. And um, that was a major sticking point in strike negotiations last year with both the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild. Now, and this isn't a new thing. We have seen actors being, dead actors being used in commercials, for example. I imagine that's being done with permissions, permission of the uh, respective estates and the like. We had Tupac in holographic form performing, was it Coachella? Oh, like that was so like long a, ago. A, a decade yeah. now. Um, but I, that was like kind of before deep fakes were even a thing. And I, I, it was probably existing music. But it's it's kind of like if you did that, but had AI write Tupac lyrics and AI doing vocals in the style of Tupac and AI doing music in the style of Tupac's producers and then doing a deep fake visual video representation of Tupac as well. That's kind of what this is if, if for George Carlin. So, But it's here's like, the difference yeah. for me is like... Their, you know, their disclaimer at the top was this is an impersonation like Wilfred doing Bush. And it couldn't be more incorrect. There's impersonating and then there's replicating. And what they are trying to do here and what they have done with this is they've attempted to replicate George Carlin, his humor, his work, what he would write. These are not his jokes. And then... Will Sasso, good, <laughs> no, and then Will Sasso, and then the other dude that nobody's heard of from Dudesy, is like, it's like they just, they're acting as if it's, oh, the AI did it all, and we've had nothing to do with it, no, and like, as if it wasn't this big production, and if as if they're not, you know, they're writers, they're comedy writers, arguably, I guess you could say, so... As if they're not the ones feeding the prompts. We've talked about the importance of how you prompt and when you prompt different ways on an LLM. So to try to pass the buck to the AI and say, oh, it created this whole thing. No, I think we go into a dangerous territory here. And then they also said, I guess they have a podcast. They Doesn't also everyone said, nowadays? 
Doesn't, don't we all? I mean, you're nobody if you don't have at least two. Am I right, Tristan? But it's like, then they said in the podcast, Will Sasso said something about how, oh, he would absolutely hate and he's so against if, say, like, um, somebody did a Kurt Cobain or Nirvana thing without Kurt Cobain or Nirvana having written that. And it's like, but you literally just did that for George Carlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You literally just did that. And you're the one that prompted it. The AI didn't make it out of thin freaking air. So I just feel like this hiding behind the thing. You know, my big thing is just own your stuff. Just say Oh, I, yeah, we did this. Of course. Like, we prompted this. I, I love George Carlin, and so we prompted and we wanted to do this thing. Don't mm-hmm. don't put this thing out, which you knew would blow up. You titled it in a way that you knew would blow up. You helped write jokes. We Like, I, allegedly, I'm going to mm-hmm. say allegedly, you helped the AI write the jokes. You are comedy writers. So just own that and take ownership. Don't try to say the AI did it. Because, listen, Tristan. <laughs> the AI poof, ate my homework. <laughs> right. Poof out of thin air. Sure. Okay, I guess I'll start making that up then. So that's kind of the issue here. Is I just want to make a big distinction between impersonating on a show like an SNL mm-hmm. and replicating without permission and, and then, poorly. And the lawyers are going to get rich as we figure it out because that's the thing is that should no one be able to do that even if they even if they have disclaimers out the yin yang? I mean, they're not passing it off as George Carlin to be to be clear, but then it raises the question, well, what right do you have as a living person or as a dead person mm-hmm. to your own image, your, your voice? You know, the, I mean, we've kind of discussed quite, quite like style isn't something that is protected by copyright, but what about, do you have any copyright on your face or your voice? And these are questions that have yet to be decided by legislator, legislators or the courts. TBD. It's either I suspect you know it's it's either going to be a free for all or it's going to get locked down or probably somewhere in the middle with a whole bunch of rules that are it's going to be impossible for normal people to follow. Quite frankly, and yeah, it, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I think George. I, I can almost assure you, not to read minds the minds of the dead, but George Carlin probably he would have either thought this was the stupidest thing in the world and what are you even doing. Or he would have been kind of nihilistic about it. It's like, well, every, everything's terrible. What does it even matter? He Before he passed, he even had a big disclaimer on his website for something else that was going around online. like um, That was like a fake quote of him or something. Like he, mm-hmm. Stuff he never said and he never aligned with. And he had to put this like big banner on his website being like, I never said this. Like, figure it out, people. Like, I never did that, you know, said this thing. Mm-hmm. So this is like the next iteration of that in a way, which is sad there's there's one other layer that i forgot to mention there's uh is that it's one thing to put it out there and it's you know and then the disclaimers but it's another thing to monetize like are you trying to make money off it did they have ads turned on on youtube for example because then you're adding the commercial aspect to it and their podcast is monetized yeah and that complicates things now just to throw a little thing into the works and i think this is important for us to think about any story that comes up about almost anything so would people react the way they did? Obviously, her daughter, his daughter would. But would people react the same way if it was someone that they didn't care about so deeply? Like if this happened, if someone did this to Bill Cosby, who's persona non grata now, they'd be like, ha, serves him right because he's a dirtbag anyhow. Or if they did it to well, certain presidential, yeah. <laughs> or pre- presidential candidates or what have you, would people be just like, ha, serves him right? As opposed to, oh, no, what are you doing to our, you know, our poor dear, like who we're a big fan of? This is not fair. 
you know what I'm saying? Like people, I think it's always good for people to check their priors and what is their reaction based on their opinion of the subject of the, the quote unquote tribute or replication, as you say. Yeah, I think the difference there is just like they wouldn't have made traction. People wouldn't have people would have been like, why Bill Cosby? Like he's a rapist. You know what I mean? So like, why would you <laughs> but pick there would that still, dude? So this but is something would still where attract it's eyeballs like, and you can probably true. monetize that. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. And by the way, this isn't their first dudesies first kind of hiccup because mm-hmm. they did like a whole thing with Tom Brady and Tom Brady uh, sent a cease and desist and they had to take down what they had posted of like this deep fake of Tom Brady. So it's like they obviously this is their shtick. They're going to keep doing this kind of stuff. I guess that's how they're monetizing their new careers. And to be fair, like, again, I don't know much about the other fellow, but Will Sasso, he's like been in comedy a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he loves and respects George Carlin he as does, well. So he said that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, it is a, a, a strange move, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, George Carlin's daughter is not having any of it, and the, but the lawyers will have all of it. Thank you very much. So speaking of whether you like people or not and bad things happen to them, courtesy mm. of deepfakes, your, your queen kind of got pulled into something. We're not going to dwell on it too long because it's no. terrible. But uh, yeah. high level? Page. Yeah, I don't I don't love talking about this. So there was a Taylor Swift deep fake and it was of sexual and pornographic nature. So I don't really want to talk about too much because I just feel like very violating for people when you are somebody and you feel like you can't have control of your body or your image. So um, it's since been taken down. It was not online for long. And what I kind of want to talk about here on it is just to mention like the power of a fan base and I had actually been head down in work and like I've had my do not disturb on for a couple days and I kind of came back up at lunchtime today and my cousin had DM'd me on Instagram and said something like, oh my God, like poor Taylor Swift. Like I feel so bad. And I was like, what happened? Like, I don't, what? what?" Like it was the first time someone's messaged me about Taylor Swift and I haven't known what they're talking about. And so he told me like what was trending on Twitter or X. And by the time I went to Twitter, um, Swifties already had new things trending. So like in all caps lock, protect Taylor Swift. Then later on, it was Swifties trending. There were a couple other things trending. But to me, that was really like more for me, the part I wanted to focus on was just Mm -hmm. the fan bases coming to protect like as horrible as it is that we even have to do this, but just coming to protect their beloved and say like, this is not okay to do this and this is not the first time nor will it be the last time and she's not the first celebrity um selena gomez has been dealing with crazy even more horrific stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's and i'm sure there's others we haven't even heard of so it's just sad and my biggest question is why why do you want to see a fake (laughs) it's not even the real person yeah you know, like if you're going to show me get a, get a more productive hobby, folks, <laughs> seriously. So we don't want to give. Yeah, we don't want to say I'm not going to say who published it. I don't want to say anything because it's just gross. And I don't want people to give anybody clicks that shouldn't get clicks and make money off disgusting pornographic fake stuff yep. from people. So one just a couple little things. 
amazing that the Swifties did what they did. I mean, it, uh, any star would be fortunate to have such a loyal fan base. Uh, people need to be careful of making things trend because it probably would have been wiser to make non-related things trend because if you've got protect Taylor Swift in all caps trending, you're going to invoke the Barbra Streisand effect and then people are going to start Google that if you don't know what that is. And people are going to be like, oh, what's going on with Taylor Swift? And next thing you know, people are digging around, finding the stories. And then the the curious are going to go and try and look for the source materials, which have, you know, been reposted literally millions of times on X. And sure, maybe original posts have been taken down, but all this stuff is the genie's out of the bottle. You know, we, we just like the AI genie's out of the bottle. And so this stuff is out there. And and as you mentioned, it's affected all sorts of uh, folks uh, over, over the years, largely females, because that's the word, the world we live in. And now... It's not like deep, these fakes, Photoshop is a thing, right? Yeah. This kind of stuff has been happening for a long time. But now, thanks to the power of AI, just like with other things we've been talking about, it's the ability to produce this type of content at an industrial scale. And good luck. Scary. Trying try, try to stop that. I mean, the best we can do is just move on and not give any of these things more uh, attention. But again, we it's it's outsized reaction because of the nature of the fan base, right? So when those Bill Cosby deepfakes come out, are people going to be coming out to protect him? I think it's just more of a a cautionary tale, if you will. And I don't know how the normal person protects themselves from something like this. That's the scary thing to me. Um, we're not all equipped with the lawyers that a lot of these celebrities have, we're not all equipped with, you know, so that's kind of the, those implications are really what I feel like the story is, is more so how does the lay person protect themselves online now? Because our, our whole careers could be ruined with one fake video. And regardless of it being fake or not, you know, like, this Taylor Swift thing kind of brought me back to when Kanye put a version of her naked in his video in bed and, you know, with this, yeah, it was disgusting. And it's it's that exact thing of you're taking away her body autonomy. You purposely made a decision mm -hmm. to put her and strip her naked, a version of her, you know, it, it, it's so inappropriate to take away somebody's control of their body like that and so that that's obviously a huge scale and now this is just going to keep happening to these huge celebrities all the time but like what do we do when are, it happens yeah. yeah what do you do when it happens to jane smith down the road what does jane <laughs> smith do well and it's happening in high schools right this, <laughs> like, exactly for, for bullying and and the like so yeah everything is awesome Guys, this is a really positive episode. So, Tristan, why don't we mosey on along to a little bit of news? Because, just, you know, but just when we think about the motivation, like, why do people do this? I think, again, it's probably dudes that did this, and they're probably feeling a little bad about themselves because they probably saw the Jeremy Allen Wright, Calvin Klein ads, and he's oh. backing. <laughs> Tasia immediately Googles Jeremy <laughs> Allen White, <laughs> Calvin Klein ass. Just wait for the Jeremy Allen Wright deepfakes. You know, boy got in shape for that, uh, you know, the uh, Iron Claw movie. And anyhow, do we need to pause while you... <laughs> I'm literally... Sorry, everybody, just take a moment. I literally Googled it because I was like, what? Moving on to some other news. 
we were talking earlier about training AI models and trying to sabotage that. Well, uh, Google, we've got a bunch of Google news and Alphabet, the parent company of Google, is cutting ties with an Australian AI firm that uh, has been helping Google train uh, its chatbot Bard and also helping with the search generative experience, so Google search results. That company is called Appen, A-P-P-E-N. Uh, Appen, which had kind of been well-versed in the pre-LLM uh, world of AI, had faced a decline, has been, has been facing a decline in revenue, a loss of customers, a string of executive departures and labor issues in recent years, as well as difficulties in adapting to generative AI models. Other clients have included Microsoft, Apple, Meta, Amazon, and Adobe in various domains such as search relevance, translation, LIDAR, so for use in things such as autonomous vehicles, uh, and secure, and uh, well, not strictly autonomous vehicles, even autonomy features in other types of vehicles, such as, you know, like lane keeping assist and that kind of thing. Uh, security and automotive. Hey, look, just like we said. So just want to draw a little attention to this. We don't normally focus on business news so much, but there's a lot of big companies that get all the attention, like Meta, like OpenAI, Google, Amazon, you know, then, then some of the smaller folks like uh, Anthropic and, and others. There are tons and tons of other smaller companies that have, are in this space, have been in this space for a while. Some have adapted to the new worlds of generative AI and LLMs, and some have not. It's funny, though, when you look on Appen's homepage now, it's, it's full on. You would think they were a, mm. um, a generative AI company, LLM company, like on the, their first page, Unleash the Power of AI, introducing our LLM data products. Introducing? Well, <laughs> just now? Really? Yeah. So... I, I wouldn't be surprised if some if if I mean if either they're yesterday's action or maybe they've got enough talent that they could get aqua hired by someone. Uh, and speaking of which, we were not going to really talk about this, but apparently Apple in the last few years has acquired twenty one AI startups <gasps> in Alaska. So they are Big like again quietly coming. they tend to yes. they 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 tend to focus on smaller acquisitions but we've talked for a while now but you know apple's not asleep at the switch when it comes to ai they've generally referred to it as machine learning and they've been doing it at, at the hardware level and the, with the neural engine on their on their chips uh, apple silicon and they've been doing it at the software level largely as regards things to do with like you know photo processing and 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 whatnot we've just not seen any llm love from apple yet but rumor is it'll be coming with ios 18 and the other the generation of uh, operating system up updates for uh, their other products fall 2024 maybe question hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Dark. But that's not all the Google news. Um, <laughs> this is one of these things. You're talking about all the different names that Google has for things. Yes. And sometimes they have competing projects. Case in point, uh, Google Brain and Google DeepMind, which eventually got merged. A couple of years ago, Google introduced Imogen Video. And I remember we talked about this on our other show, Momentous Live, and some fascinating uh, results that you could get. And it was, at the time, this was like pre um uh, pre-chat GPT Way as well. But, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were seeing stuff was happening with Midjourney in the early days, but some video stuff happening. And uh, yeah, so Imogen, it was uh, it, can, it could generate videos of tw 1280 by 768, 5.3 seconds using a base generation model and a sequence of spatial and temporal super resolution models. You could also create videos with a diverse and controllable styles with a 3D object understanding and world knowledge by leveraging the power of large transformer language models and diffusion models. So that was like, you know, at least a year and a half ago. Then just in December, we just talked about this, Tasia. In December, there was something, Google's VideoPoet, <laughs> a large language model for zero-shot video integration. And so uh, VideoPoet, it was... Um, it, it, the, the, it's, it's a little, it's, again, kind of the same thing, but a little different. Let's just put it that way. And then they announced just in this past week something called Lumiere. Love and a French name. It's their latest AI video generator, which can render, uh, I mean, according to one article, can render cute animals in implausible situations. So th this is, again, five-second videos portraying realistic, diverse, and coherent motion. And these are 1024 by 1024. So this, you know, people have some criticisms uh, about the, uh, th that, but all of these products are interesting and unique and groundbreaking in their own ways and seem to be a bit of a progression. But just for quick reference, the difference, some of the differences between VideoPoet from December, and reminder, it's only January now, yep. December 2023 to January 2024, not to date ourselves, but they're both models for text-to-video synthesis, but they have different strengths and limitations. Lumiere is more suitable for high-quality and stylized video generation, while VideoPoet, back from December, is more suitable for fast and multimodal video generation. So, you know, a lot of the stuff is kind of in the lab still. Some of it is available for the public and some of it not. The thing is, Lumiere, it's kind of like they uh, Google did with Gemini. They pre-announced Gemini and it's only, and that was a few, couple of months ago, I think it was that November, and you didn't actually get to play with Gemini the, uh, in the public until you get your hands on a Samsung uh, S, uh, Galaxy S24 phone. And that's exciting, but Google, again, is kind of announcing things a while before they actually get into people's hands and maybe they're continuing to refine and, and whatnot. But, but Tasha, just like you know, this, Google is, seems, is famous not only for introducing multiple products and services that seem to be overlapping, you know, we, and we've joked about their messaging apps over the years, whether it's Gchat or Google Duo or Google Hangout, Google Plus Hangouts Google and Plus. this and that, and Google Messages. Like Someone and now Plus won me it the again. other day in an email, by the way, I just have to say, and I was what? like, oh, and it like brought me back to, oh my goodness, I was like, I could cry. I remember the Plus one. Like, oh my God. So they're doing it again. And I guess part of this is maybe they've got different teams, like if it's red team, blue team kind of stuff, and just letting their, they have such a gigantic organization. Yeah, go to it. Let's see who wins. It's kind of like what Apple did with the uh, the iPod back. No, so the iPhone back in the day. They had two teams working on uh, iPhones. One was more iPod centric, and one was more clean slate. The you know the the slab uh, touchscreen centric. So maybe that's what Google's doing here. But it's it can get a little confusing, and I hope they don't end up shooting themselves in the foot because they have lost ground in some other spaces by doing 
exactly this because of the customer confusion. So Imogen, when you look at the samples, they're, they're, they're a little janky at this point. Video Poet, uh, definitely better. You know, we get, we get these five, get five second clips. Uh, it seems to be the, the duration for all of these. And now uh, Lumiere. <laughs> so which are you going to use, Tasha? Well, I went to Lumiere's site to see like some of the other examples and such. And it's pretty interesting. Like some of them, depending on the clip, like looked really realistic, very smooth, wasn't any stuttering in the video. Other ones, when it came to certain pets or people walking, you could see almost like a bit of a halo around it. So it's not quite there yet, but you can see where it will be very quickly, very quickly. It, it seems like they're kind of learning from past attempts and previous models. So the idea here is that um, Lumiere can be used, A, for text video generation, video style transfer. So you make something, you have a video in a certain style and you want to make it a different kind of style. So you've got photorealistic, maybe you want to make it uh, like an illustration or you t take on me video by... <laughs> Um, by uh -huh, or maybe you want to make it sort of anime style or claymation, what have you. I'm sure all of those sorts of features are coming. Video editing, cinemagraph creation. Remember cine cinemagraphs, mm -hmm. Tasia, where you have a still photo and then just one little aspect of it is animated yep. and they're, they're very cool. Uh, and video inpainting. So it's sort of you know doing some you know, generative fill for missing information, especially if you want to move around elements. Now, what makes it different and what it has in common with Imogen, apparently, you know, from a couple of years ago, is it uses a space-time diffusion model. So, uh, so okay. what that means is that it can generate the entire temporal duration of a video at once rather than synthesizing um, uh, individual frames or keyframes. So what often will happen is you'll take maybe a, a beginning point and an end point and then have it try to figure out what's in the middle, kind of interpolate. And what this, this looks at things a little differently and, and tries to understand the scene and like what would normally happen in the scene. So rather than, okay, this person's here and this person's there, how do you get them there? Well, this is a person walking. How do people walk? How do people walk as things in space moving across time, right? So the idea here is that it makes things a little easier for creatives and for novice users without having to tweak and tweak and tweak. There's still going to be some tweaking, of course. Um, but of course, there's the usual risks of misuse for fake or harmful content because everything is awesome. Uh, again, five second, 1024 by 1024 clips, no public access yet. So maybe do a, a Google, set a Google alert if that's still a thing, if they haven't killed that yet, until, <laughs> and then see when Google Lumiere comes to an, a Google press release near you. I'll let you know if I get early tester access or not. <laughs> Doubtful, you got, but it'd be nice. You've, well, you've got access to some cool new AI features in Google Chrome, I hear. I'm jazzed about these. Okay, so there's three new features I want to tell you about very briefly in Google Chrome. So they're all generative AI features, and they'll seem a little familiar to you. So you know how in Chrome, you can manually create tab groups? Do you know about this? Do you do this? Or do you keep just all uh, I your do tabs tab open? No, I do tab groups in Safari because... Yeah. I know. know. Oh, don't even get me started. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> this is a rivalry over here. So now in Chrome, now this is, all these are experimental, which I'll get into in a second, but you can now use a feature where you organize similar tabs and it does it automatically for you. 
So you just right click on any tab, by the way, it doesn't even have to be like one of the ones you want to organize. You just right click on a tab, you click organize similar tabs, and then the generative AI on the back end of Chrome will figure out which tabs are, are similar and suggest them all for you. You can delete them if they don't make sense. You can title your tab group and then you say, okay, create group. And then whoosh, there goes the top left corner and it color codes it automatically. You can change the color, you know, click to expand the group, all the good stuff, but you didn't have to do any of it manually. It's freaking awesome. So like I tried it, it worked really well for me. Like I did like a, I put a bunch of tabs open. I had all my tabs that I already had open for like work stuff. Then I put a bunch of tabs open about like, results I had from different websites on like best SUVs of 2024, you know, like just trying to make a thing. And I was like, let's see what it does. So it, it did it. It automatically grouped all the best SUVs. And I was like, oh, like, I was like, I didn't expect this to work this well. So like, I was kind of shocked to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's the one feature. So it does it automatically. I just want I just want to say like, I don't, I'm not sure if it's met me. With <laughs> all your if tabs. I, if I, if I, if I, because I've just, I've got, like like we've talked about, I think before, maybe not on this podcast, but hundred, literally hundreds of tabs it's on stressful. every browser on on any device. It's upsetting. It I know point, a lot of people point, like you, Tristan, and it you is just throw anxiety it, throw inducing. The, it gets to the point where the computer slows down, so the browser slows down so much, you got to use another browser. Then all your browsers get to that point. Then you just gotta like throw out your computer and get a new one. <laughs> you know, you can just close a tab, bookmark a tab, group a tab. Gotta, There's lots of different organizational methods. <laughs> Okay, what you else is Save for later Chrome in got? pocket. Anyway, no. we're going to get off topic here. <laughs> okay, so the second new thing are generative AI custom themes. So you might remember from, was it Android 14 and on the Pixel 8 Pro devices, Google introduced some generative AI to our wallpapers and like our different themes. So you could just say, finally, this is kind of what I want, whatever, sure. make it for me. So now we can do that in... Google Chrome. So you'll click your little customize in Google Chrome. You hit the little AI button and then you tell it what you want to create. There's there's a, it's not like you can just type in anything right now, but there's like this huge long list of a dropdown of different things. Like say like you pick space and then, okay, what in space? I'll pick the stars or Aurora Borealis or like, I mean, there's just hundreds of options. And George then you Carlin can... live on stage. How about that? <laughs> sure. Not one of the options yet. Then you narrow it down further by giving it some additional details like the style. Do you want it animated? Do you want it as like an oil painting? Like what kind of style? Sure. You know, that kind of thing. And then what kind of mood? Do you want it like fun or serene or whatever? And then click create and it'll generate up to six at a time. I got five when I attempted it the first time. Did a really nice job. They also have a link to some of their team put together a few of their favorites that you could just click right on them and it'll install it for you. Um, so that's pretty cool. The biggest one for me, what you're making <laughs> just, a face. Just, before we move on to the, 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 the third feature, I know that this is a thing you can do in Google and all Chromium browsers and whatnot. And I've seen people have their, their customized like start screens or, you know, Google back, back you know, backdrops and whatnot. Is this a thing that, I mean, is this a good use of resources? I mean, I, obviously they've got all this generative stuff in the in the tank anyway. Maybe they just have to 
flip a few switches, then they can add it to the functionality to the homepage. But I mean, is this something you do? Like, I find it just adds more visual, visual clutter. One of the beauties of the Google landing page for decades was its simplicity. It's clean, yeah. Yeah, it's to get away from the whole portal junkification in the, of the search engines in the 90s, right? And Google slowly over time has added this and that. And the other thing it's, I mean, little stuff in the top right corner, little stuff, little circles underneath now. And now you want to add more visual clutter by having not just any kind of Photo photographic or imagery background, but now a generative AI background. Is this what the world really needs? Google? Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, like nice, to color but... code my different sure. Chrome profiles, I guess I would say. I have a lot, to be honest, because oh, okay. I have sure. So you know where you are. work, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got YouTube email, then I've got my test account for when I'm screencasting for YouTube. So I have a lot. So it's a quick visual cue to me to, but I do hear your point. Typically mine are solid colors. So I know like at a glance, I'm very like visual. I've always been like a visual learner. So like my Google calendars color blocked, like every, mm -hmm. I'm all, I'm colors for all the things. So, um, I know when I'm going in my drop down profile to a profile, like I can tell by the color first and then the name of it, like this is the one I want to open for my YouTube email stuff or whatever. Gotcha. So, um, I do understand what you're saying. Like the, the, cluttered aspect of an image behind it's the same like you ever tried to do that in gmail like i would never put an image behind yeah. my gmail I'd be like oh but it's here should somebody want to use it now and i suspect they want to let people customize as much as possible just to keep them in in using the google search engine because ai is answering so many questions for us now and please use google because then if you really want the ai you get the google generative search there. and something and, i sure. like the how Don't i think GPT. this could <laughs> yeah. uh change the game is actually for my personal Chrome profile, I use Momentum. And so that gives me a different home start page. And it's every day is a different, gorgeous, beautiful photo. Sometimes they're from different, sometimes it's from Unsplash. It might be from Pexels or another sharing platform where they've had like permission to do that. But it tells you in the bottom corner where in the world that picture is. And it's just like this beautiful start to my morning, like when I open a new tab and I'm like, oh, because it's still very simple. And it's not your like classic Google start page, but it is very simple. You can set a little intention for the day if you want or like whatever. But um, so I do see the idea of it where it's not all yours isn't all just pictures of Taylor Swift every day, a different one. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I so back in the day, I, you should have seen what my back in the day, like binders at school. Oh I mean, collages of the Backstreet Boys. Collages. Like, if this was now... The Trapper Keeper. <laughs> yeah. This would just be my Chrome backgrounds would be... My themes would just be collages of the Montreal Canadiens. That that those were my binders. I had Montreal Canadian-themed ones. I had BSB-themed ones. I mean, wild times, you guys. You're getting a glimpse into my mind. Anyhow, uh -huh. Tristan. Back back to productivity. Do you want to know the cooler feature? I do. This, this seems useful for That's, me, anyhow. Coming in February, by the way. So the coolest one, the third one, is not quite wait. here yet. They make you wait. They just like to tease us with these announcements. You might remember we've talked a little bit about Duet AI and the Help Me Write feature. Okay, so in your Duet AI, this is another naming convention for Google Workspace Generative AI Bar features. Powered they by Bard and or Gemini. <laughs> so anyway, follow along. Or but... There's this really helpful feature in like your Google Docs that's called help me write. So essentially it's, you can prompt it with 
uh, write a cover letter for me for whatever. They are bringing Help Me Write to any web page on the Google Chrome browser. So picture this. You're writing a review for a restaurant, maybe. It can help you write that once you start your little prompts. Maybe you're writing an application for a an apartment or maybe you're writing you want to do a home tour for like an open house maybe you are filling out a contact form whatever it might be help me write is coming to chrome this is freaking game changer i'm calling it it's a game changer so much like you can do in other llms It'll generate something for you. You can adjust the length and the t- you will be able to adjust the length and the tone as well. And then you you should have a little insert button where you can just insert it. Like, so, so you no just, copying and pasting. So it saves you, you a step. Do, yep. Less friction. Perfect. Well, now it's not even just that. It's first of all, you don't have to go from whatever <clears throat> web page you're on to your favorite LLM, figure mm-hmm. out what you want to say, massage it there, copy, paste it, go back. I mean, you don't have to leave the freaking page. Game change. I need a. I need a game changer button. I'm hitting the button. It's a red alert. Here's the caveat for you, Tristan. I left this for last so you wouldn't get mad. Right now, this is only experimental, as I said. Mm-hmm. And it's only available in the U.S. I'm so sorry, everybody. Of course it is. Of course it is. But it is going to roll out. They've said things are slowly rolling out. So right now, it's experimental for U.S. I have a YouTube video on it that shows people. So any of the U.S. people listening, if you want to know how to test these features, it's very easy to do so. In my video, I'm showing you how to turn on the experimental AI feature um, because I didn't have that first either, just so you know. But if you are in the U.S. and you want to test some of these out, slash February is upon us and we're going to get this Help Me Write feature, I will make a whole other video about that because it's huge. Huge, Tristan. And see, we can end our show on a positive note. Here's All a positive note. The Google you know who things. it's going to be? A, you know who it's going to be a game changer for? People writing fake reviews online. Oh, no. Nothing is real and everything's a fake. I know. Well, couldn't they have already be doing that with their LLMs now? Yeah, but now they don't have to copy and paste anymore. Google can help them do it right in the Chrome browser. You know, Tristan, you really had to bring this vibe down. I was trying to end on a positive, cool note. I'm always looking for an angle. Wah, wah. As As are they. So thanks, Google, for making the internet terrible. What? How dare you? That's not the last thing we're leaving this show on. Are you kidding me? I'm Mrs. Google, and you're going to say that? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself, good sir. (laughs) And with that, we say thank you so much for listening to another entertaining episode of AI Named This Show. Please help us get this word out. You know where we're also on, Tristan? We're on Facebook. Believe it or not, don't sleep on Facebook. Head on over Facebook.com. Still a thing. It is. Tell your folks. Your folks Face- are there. <laughs> Facebook.com. Get them to follow us. Please, like. AI name this show. Just look for us on Facebook and hit the like button. You'll get show alerts and occasional other nonsense from us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of AI Name This Show. AI and goodbye. <laughs> Everything is awesome. How dare you try to bash Google on my watch? We will be talking about this. The DTNS family of podcasts. Helping each other understand.